0: Hey there. This is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back. This week, my guest is Eric Scott. Eric started Viz Graphics in 2008. Viz Graphics creates high-impact 3D renderings and interactive experiences. They're a full-service rendering, design, and visual marketing agency that provides virtual tours, 3D architectural renderings, interactive sales centers, and websites that give the look and feel that your project desires. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. Happy to be here.
0: So let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your life was like growing up.
1: Yeah, you bet. Happily native of Colorado. Another Uh, native! Yay! (laughs) Colorado has gotten very popular, hasn't it?
0: It has gotten very popular. I feel like <laughs> us natives are few and far between.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, my family on my my mother's side um, homesteaded land back in the 1800s in eastern Colorado. Um, so lots of history. Um, have a certificate of some of the first wheat crops grown in the state of Colorado, which is kind of fun and interesting. So lots of history there. Um, but... I grew up in Byers Colorado which is okay. a little bit east of Denver yep. about an hour
0: My uh, uh, sister-in-law lives out in deer trail so I'm familiar oh, with Byers.
1: know <laughs> deer trail very well yep. you know, if you know if you blink you might miss it but yep. uh, Byers is somewhat the same way even you know 40 years later it's like there's newer homes but like this you know the town itself just hasn't hasn't grown a whole lot so. Um, Nice to go back and just see the roots and and the history of that, you know, is really intriguing to me.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And it's only about an hour away and you can really feel like you've gotten away from it all.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, but grew up, you know, most of my life in Southeast Denver. um, Always enjoyed the outdoors, getting up to the mountains as much as possible and um, skiing and camping and all the things that I think most Coloradans you know, really enjoy and why we stay here. You know, the sunshine is great, and um, I think for the most part, all the people are great, and we've really been able to thrive here just because of how popular it's been. So, you know, still proud to be, you know, part of this state, part of this community. I think, you know, one of my friends always says that you know Denver's the, the smallest big city you'll ever find. In that it seems that if you run into somebody that's been here in a roundabout way, I'm sure you and I talking, we could probably find some similar connections somewhere.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, even throughout different schools and, you know, I went to a bunch, went to middle school with a bunch of kids and then we all split it off to different high schools. I still, to this day, keep connections with some of those people, you know, mostly Facebook or whatnot, but... Um, People still stay connected here, and I think that's that's one of my driving things is you know striving to be connected with folks, and I think that holds true into our business and how we communicate and what we're doing. So
0: absolutely, uh, and I was going to say, why don't you take us through your career journey a little bit, uh, sure. where you started out and the different professional stops that you've taken along the way.
1: Definitely. Um, so in high school, I started drafting. And went to a, a it's called Career Education Center, where um, Dr. Green, his name was, um, pretty much changed my life in terms of what I wanted to do and how excited I got about being able to draw. You know, uh, I've always liked to work with my hands and create stuff. And from an early age, I wanted to be an inventor. I think as I got into, well, you got to go through mechanical engineering and, things like that it it was it was a little bit more i think technical than uh where my mind wanted to be creative so started drafting hand drafting in high school um started using some of the very early versions of autocad because that was you know in the late 90s that was really just kind of starting to come on to the industry you know everybody was like computers what like we're used to like erasing stuff and redrawing it. And now it's like, we can just hit undo. So, and it wasn't architectural based to begin with. We were drawing, you know, gears and how do you draw isometrics and things like that. So, you know, looking back, that's really what um, got me started. I then, you know, just after high school, I I wanted to get to work right away. Um, So I went to a two year College Denver Technical Institute for drafting, and then started working at an architectural firm called Keppart Architects. And from there, you know, I started as a runner, just doing odds and ends, uh, running prints and printing. Um, but slowly but surely, just wanted to get pushed in more, you know, dynamics of the business and becoming a draftsman or you know a drafts person you know, slowly, but surely started doing little plans here and there. Um, And then over the course of 10 years, really, you know, grew myself up to the, you know, the design level with all the principals and was on their team providing 3D visuals to help us just do better design. I, I then, you know, after, you know, almost 10 years, I was looking to see what else I could do. You know, I didn't necessarily want to work for another architect. And my passion for 3D was bigger than doing just like construction drawings, which is sort of, sort of the mundane part after the design is complete. And it's all the necessary information that goes to the city to, you know, get a permit and obviously to build it got a little boring to me a little, a little too much. So I kept pushing the 3D side and just wanted to get exposed to different product types, different different architecture. And that's where Viz was born. So pretty much out of my basement, um, just started, you know, client by client, trying to offer a better service, a better quality. And again, the communication was, you know, a big part of that. If, if we're communicating designs and um, you know, getting people to buy into a project. It was it was really a big deal because not many people could could do it as quick and, um, and, as, and as efficient. So definitely learned a lot of things and starting a business and, you know, the recession was not easy, especially marketing. I mean, folks were, you know, that was the last place. They're probably going to put their dollars. But, you know, in reality, it might've been, the best place to put their dollars so that they could promote their project in a different way um, for people to understand. I think that's really what drives me is our visuals. And as you can see behind me, this is a 3D rendering of uh, a townhome project in LoHi. and um, with that, you can see it, you understand exactly what it is, how it feels. 2D black and white drawings has kind of been what folks have, have gone on forever, but not everybody understands that. And I think a picture, you know, you know, speaks a thousand words. And and that's really what folks started to identify with with working with Viz, is that we were able to, you know, take, take some inspiration, take a little bit of direction, and then really create a presentation that could then, you know, go to the city, go in front of public hearings, go in front of their clients or investors to make really important decisions. So that's that's what's kind of led us, you know, to starting Viz. And then in the past 10 years, we've obviously evolved into a lot of other things.
0: Awesome, and I mean, talk to us a little bit about. You, you brought up so many good points, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but you are talking uh-huh. about marketing during the recession, and how, with what you know we're at right now in our economy, uh-huh. how a lot of people might be taking that marketing budget away and reevaluating on where to spend their their money. And uh-huh. right now, on I know on Facebook, it's it's a fantastic time to to be spending money because a lot of people have been taking their money off of it. So how do you Tell this to your clients, who are kind of juggling whether or not they should be doing any marketing uh, right now, and the importance of having something visual like this to put behind their marketing efforts is
1: definitely. Yeah, I think now it's it's more important than any other time, and I think in the past ten years, you know, folks have realized that that it's it's gotten more important to spend the dollars on marketing. And specifically right now, you know, how do you show a house without, you know, being face to face with somebody? And that's, you know, by and large, virtual tours and renderings and a good website that, that builds an experience for you. I mean, we think these things are necessary these days, whether we're in kind of this pandemic or not, but even more so that we are in a pandemic Where are folks going to visit your product? Where are they going to see you first? And it's going to be most likely here. You know, it's going to be on your phone and um, sitting on your sofa. So how how do you bring that experience? How do you bring the knowledge, the glitz, the glam, the the excitement about a project? And that's where you have to start. So I think folks are realizing that now, and we've actually had an uptick in in business because of it, you know, not to try to take advantage of, of a bad situation, but I think there's opportunities, you know, in every situation. And and right now that's what we're taking advantage of. And and I think our clients are realizing that.
0: Absolutely. And having, like you were saying, like having a, a website that works and having all these tools that you can, you know, if you can take someone through a tour of a house all through their website, one it's going to be great for your SEO because they're spending more time on your website. two it, once pe- we are out of this pandemic, it's evergreen it's going to be lasting throughout the life of well until you sell the home or, or you know exactly. all the properties, but it's going to be evergreen, and it's going to be something that you can continue to use for for a very long time. definitely. How have you and viz graphics what are some of the marketing tools that you use to gain new clients and customers right now?
1: So we hit social pretty hard we you know post on Facebook LinkedIn Instagram um, and we do it you know three times a week we have we have Stephanie in our office and, and Jesse they you know are devoted to coming up with a marketing plan for each month coming up with something to speak to. And then we ride out that whole month kind of on one topic and we post three times a week. Um, You know, this, this month, since it's earth month, we've, you know, we're focusing on sustainability and promoting our clients that are really um, have been some of the leaders really, Um, you know, thrive home builders that we work with definitely have been, at the forefront of sustainability and green and and healthy living, you know, and I think right now there's a big, big time for that.
0: Uh, I was just saying, I think that it's great too to have that in your marketing plan, in your, your social strategy plan, having like an overall message for all of the content that you're gonna be posting. One, it's still it's still promoting biz graphics and your guys's mission and, and vision. However, it still is taking a little bit of a social aspect to, you know, that month's graphic or that month's posts. So I think that's great having that kind of an idea behind your social strategy is, is really important. And it it helps to break up some of the mundane posts uh, that you might be running across, you know, like, Oh, here's another graphic that we did, or here's another tour. We
1: We could do that kind of all day long. It's like, here's a new project. Here's this, or here's that. But how how do we bring that to a human level of, you know, the interaction with it and and how can we, you know, put some tidbits out there that hopefully, you know, our clients and, you know, folks alike can learn something from. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's that's our major uh, marketing outlet. We do, you know, we do some emails at the end of the month that we try to tie in the whole social story into that email just to provide a recap um, just in case anybody's missed it. Uh, We blast that out to, you know, 600 plus folks. Um, And then on top of that, you know, really it's, it's relationships. You know, I've been in this industry long enough now where, you know, folks bounce around, you know, if someone's been at one firm, they've, most likely been at a couple others, um, so maintaining relationships, even kept art to this day. You know, my first manager there, Doug Vandeleurbergi, great guy. Just have a ton of respect and, and continue to, you know, bounce each other some work and, and give each other ideas, and and that and that means a lot to me to just just keep connected with folks. So that's probably been one of our major marketing. Outlets. Yeah,
0: like they always say uh, a referral is the greatest form of flattery. So exactly. yeah. if, if someone is listening right now who is in your shoes that was, you know, 10 years ago, just trying to think like, man, you know what, I think I just would like, I really love the 3D side of things and bringing that aspect out of it. That's what I want to focus on. You know, obviously in any sort of industry, it doesn't just need to be in, in graphics, but if they're just yeah. Um, focus on what they're passionate about. What is the single biggest piece of advice that you'd want to give him or her as the journey starts?
1: You gotta keep learning. You gotta evolve with the times. You can't. You can't get stuck in your head in one area. We you know, we started out with this huge kind of service base, and we've slowly tailored it down, tailored it down. So, I would say focus on your niche. Um, focus on your niche, and and try to realize what that is focus on what you're good at. Um, but I mean, in our industry with a lot of industries is just continuing to learn. I mean, technology advances so fast and um, we keep saying that, you know, some someday it's just going to push us out. So how do we stay relevant? And I think that's probably a big thing that 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 pushes you forward is staying relevant with Whatever it is, you know, whatever industry, but um, keep educating yourself.
0: What do you think that the biggest mistakes business owners make when they are trying to grow and sustain a successful business?
1: Well, I think there's there's tons out there. You know, maybe the biggest thing is not listening to what's going on, and that's why I say that the evolving part I think fits into that is just um, I'm sure
0: that the uh, owners and. In- Board at Blockbuster Video who would have had that advice when uh, Netflix was coming out.
1: (laughs) That's right. And now look at it today. You know, it's like uh, even cable, just regular cable is kind of going away. I know, you know, we just do the Hulu. And now when the internet's down, like it has been (laughs)
0: last
1: day at my house, uh, makes it challenging.
0: What is one thing that you think uh, many business owners need to try and do like i know you said that you and your past boss at your former company still kind of help bounce clients off to each other and and keep that door open you know what is something that you would advise other business owners to do and trying to establish those kind of open door referral relationships
1: i think it's kind of getting getting into your community a bit you know joining some organizations Um, we've had the pleasure of being a member of the hba um denver really probably since the second year or third year maybe we started when we could kind of finally afford to become a member but that group of folks has been the the biggest driving force of a lot of our business is staying c- connected with the kind of a core group that you know has networking events and you know, allows you to talk to industry like folks and build those relationships. But I, I think that's a, it's a really good way. I think it's easy to kind of hide behind the internet and hide behind a facade on the internet. And that's for us. One thing that's been beneficial is that we are, you know, good face-to-face folks. We're not just nerds behind a computer that we really can communicate with you and, and you know, have a normal conversation without it being zeros and ones or very technical. So I think it's it's important to, you know, join some of those groups and, and, and get out there a bit.
0: So one passion that so many business owners and entrepreneurs have is, is to build a business around their lifestyle, not the other way around. How would yeah. you say that that's played out in your story and approach to running your business?
1: Yeah, I mean, starting out in my basement when I had, you know, a young daughter and my wife had a full-time job, um, really kind of fit my lifestyle perfect. It was, you know, it was easy commute down to the basement, you know, when my daughter was sick on those days that she didn't go to daycare or something. it It was easy to be there, but then also be able to do my work. And so I think that really helped me kind of out of the gate to not have this pressure of, you know, employees and, and you know, an office space with rent. And, you know, I could just really focus on what my passion was and kind of let that drive it. So, yeah, I think that for me and, and really in this time right now, it's kind of it's bringing me back to some of those times where, you know, right now I think we've got a decent work Life balance, you know, since we're all at home together, you know, we've been able to do walks and talks and play cards, but then, you know, at 8 p.m., I could, you know, sit down on my computer and crank out a bunch of work, you know. Um, so I, I think our businesses lend itself well to being, you know, out of the house or remote pretty well.
0: So, you know, not very many, uh, I feel like 3D architectural firms probably in, in the Denver area. What do you like best about living and working in Colorado? Why, why have your business and life here as opposed to L.A. or Chicago uh, where, you know, a lot of other high-end graphic uh, companies might, might t- traditionally be located?
1: Well, I think, you know, since we have seen the increase in demand in real estate here has been a big push for our business just locally. I think just growing up here, I could never imagine really living anywhere else. So I think you know, I think my personal style uh, really pushes the business and where it would be. But our business is flexible, so we can still work in Los Angeles. You know, we you know we do a ton of work up in Seattle, which is another hot spot. We do get a lot of inquiries from New York, so um, we essentially can live in to me, the best place in America, uh, but still market to those, you know, high traffic, high end, uh, areas. Now, when it comes to our competition in those spaces, uh, you know, we kind of have to choose our paths, you know, again, look at our niche and, and see, does that follow the clientele we want to work with and, um, the type of work that, that we're good at. So, um, yeah, I think being here too is, is a little more progressive and and people are a little more on the forefront in Denver, I feel like. So uh, they're a little more apt to jump into some new technology and, and different ways to sell and promote. So I, I love that about Denver.
0: I'm going to backtrack a little bit because you talked about how you guys are active on social media and how it's, it's really – kind of one of the the only places where you spend a lot of time marketing. So what do you think the best social media channel is for your company?
1: Right now, it seems to be Instagram. So, and I think maybe it's just because it's, you know, the visual kind of platform. You know, we do a lot through whatever we do through Facebook and, you know, we do boost a lot of posts and things through there, which then goes through Instagram We've been doing like some fun renderings, like on on specific holidays and things. Like you know, we did this, you know, green one for St. Patrick's Day, and we had thousands of hits on that one, um, all over the place. And that, you know, I'm not sure if it, you know, directly drives business to Viz, but you know, it, it puts us out there. It shows it definitely the drives icon. awareness. Yeah, it and it drives awareness we can have something refer, you know, so, and it's funny on the, on the fun renderings, the ones that, you know, are just kind of little inspirational pieces or something fun is where we actually get most of our traffic. So it's nice to being that we're artists and architects and creators. uh, It's nice to do it that way. I would say that that LinkedIn otherwise is, is probably the business, the, on the business side, um, is, is, is a big deal. You know, I, I connected, you know, with you through LinkedIn and and so many others, um, where I think folks just feel like it's, it's a safe platform to talk business and kind of leave out, you know, all the Facebook type personal stuff, political stuff. Um, that we can just really get down to business and understanding what that is. So I think that's, that's been a huge benefit to us.
0: You you talked a little bit about boosting posts um, through, through Facebook. What for any other small business owner out there, tell us a little bit about why boosting a post for as little as 10 or $20 can have such a immediate impact for your social page.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I like about it is that we can really target those areas and we we target the high traffic, you know, Boston, Massachusetts, New York, New York, Chicago. And it's shown that, you know, those areas, people are, are acting and, and reacting to the posts that we're having. I don't think we would be able to do that if we couldn't you know, boost a post and get really specific with demographics um, and, you know, things like that. And we don't spend, you know, a ton of money, but I think we, we boost enough posts that we have seen some some uptick in traffic from that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that when you, if you have a post, like you said, the St. Patrick's Day post where it was doing really well organically, and then it's like, oh, wow, this is already doing great. Let's go ahead and just boost it to seattle and boston and new york because those are the places where we want to try and get our next clients and have awareness let's just go ahead and put fifty dollars behind it and then it can end up going viral from that so it's uh that's
1: amazing to me that you know literally just by a couple clicks of a button you can reach thousands of people you know millions you know
0: that are uh, the right people um it, it is not just as opposed to a television commercial where hopefully someone who might need to hire one day, we'll see the commercial where you can go directly to people that have the the title of home builder, you know, or, or anything. um, And I
1: think the budget, you know, it's a lot easier, especially for somebody starting out to it's attainable. I, I couldn't imagine what, you know, media buys and things are, these days I
0: yeah can, i mean
1: we could never, never make it worthwhile
0: exactly not everybody has you know half a million dollars to buy one commercial after exactly. you you do the whole that's just for the spot not even including the whole production behind it so just having the, the accessibility to target the right audience uh, for a small budget is can help so many small business owners and, and entrepreneurs
1: and the analytics and data behind it You know, I think more and more data is king. So whatever data you can capture, I mean, how could you do that for 10 or 20 bucks budget, you know, and really get the feedback that that you're looking for.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: I think it takes somebody, you know, a little more knowledgeable like yourself to look at the data and read between the lines to see what to do next. But I think that's, part of the evolving phase of, you know, you, you gotta evolve, you gotta be relevant. And I think that is probably the largest way we've been able to, to do that most currently.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Now, before we finish up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think was important to share?
1: No, I would just say that, you know, as we've gotten larger, um, the team has been everything. I mean, we rely on each other. We're, you know, we're somewhat of a family and um, I couldn't do it without each and every one of them doing what they do to support me to, you know, do what I love to do and, and get out there and get more business and, and, and help us thrive. So I would just say, you know, look, look at who's, who's doing the work for you these days and give them a pat on the back because it's in these times, you know, I think anything positive we can bring. Um, is a big deal.
0: Absolutely. Eric, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online?
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Katie. This has been great. Um, You can go to vizgraphics.com. That's Victor Ida Zeta Graphics.com. You can pretty much see everything we do there. You can follow us on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Instagram. And uh, yeah, those are those are our main outlets, you can check us out.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks again, Katie.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.